All Saints Sunday, for me, is one of the most meaningful days of our church year. As we gather and hear the names of those who've passed and we celebrate their life, we give thanks to God for the love that they shared with us, but also creates a space for us to publicly mourn, to acknowledge the void that is in our life because our loved one is no longer alive. It's that juxtaposition of both remembering and celebrating the promise of eternal life, which for these ones have been fulfilled, and also the pain that we carry. And whether that's losing a loved one this year or five years ago or 40 years ago, We carry with us the memory of our parents and grandparents, friends, siblings, and sometimes even children. As we think about the reality of human life being finite, it's always important to go back to the stories of Jesus and how he met people where they were. And certainly, Jesus met people who were in grief, who had suffered loss. And so that's the first point this morning, is very simply, as we look at the stories of Jesus, we see that Jesus had compassion. And that word compassion literally means to suffer with. That Jesus came and accompanied people along their walk, and when he found people who were struggling, who were, who were suffering loss and grief, he stood with them, and his spirit was moved by them. In Luke 7, there's a story of the woman, the widow of Nain. We can put that up. Uh, so this is a little excerpt of that. Soon afterwards, he went to a town called Nain, and the disciples and a large crowd went with him. As he approached the gate of the town, a man who had died was being carried out, his mother's only son, and she was a widow. And with her was a large crowd from the town. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said, do not weep. This woman was not someone Jesus knew. He happened to be passing through this town called Nain, and he was catching seemingly the tail end of a funeral service as the body is being carried out of the city. And as he saw the crowd that was gathered supporting this woman who loses her son and learning that she too had lost her husband, and we don't know how long between those two losses, the loss of a husband and the loss of her only son, but we know that Jesus was filled with compassion, filled with love and grace and mercy toward this woman whose whole life, not just emotionally but financially and otherwise, was being turned upside down. If you read on in that story, he actually brings the son back to life. Um, And we can miss sometimes 
the compassion if we just focus on the miracle. But today I want to focus on the compassion. And he says to her, do not weep, which seems like an odd thing to say to someone who's in mourning. So I don't think he means don't cry. I think he's, mean, I think he's trying to say take heart. The story is not over, and God is not apart from you. God is with you because Jesus had compassion. A similar story is in the Gospel of John. In John 11, we have the story of Lazarus, who's a friend. This, in this case, Jesus knew Lazarus. They grew up together. And Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha. And they send word to Jesus that Lazarus is deathly ill. Please come and maybe heal him. But Jesus waited for whatever reason. And by the time he showed up, Lazarus has died. And he has an interesting conversation with both sisters. And what we have is the second of those conversations. It says, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's a word of lament. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her were also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. And what follows from this is one of the shortest passages in the entire New Testament. Jesus wept. Jesus has compassion for Mary and Martha, and I think we know how that story ends as well. But I don't mean to share this, that just because Jesus' compassion means he has compassion for us, that he's going to bring our loved ones back to life, at least on earth. That happens in these particular stories. But we do know that that promise is for eternal life. So wherever we struggle, wherever we mourn the loss of a loved one, we know that we have a Savior who is with us, who will cry with us, who knows our pain and has compassion for us. That brings comfort to me, but also encourages me to be more compassionate to those who struggle, to those who are in mourning. But Jesus doesn't just offer us compassion and love. Jesus blesses those who struggle. We heard in the Beatitudes, as it's called in Matthew chapter 5, this sort of list of people that Jesus say are blessed. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful and the peacemakers and those who are persecuted for my sake. Now, what's interesting to me, this comes at the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' first big public address. And he could have started out that public address with a huge crowd gathered saying anything, any of the most important teachings of God, and yet he wants to start with the Beatitudes, speaking a word of blessing 
And when Jesus offers a word of blessing, it's not just a nice word. It's a powerful word. And I would say a creative word. When Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, for you will be comforted. He's not just merely saying, it's bad now, in heaven it will be good. I mean, that is part of it. But also here and now. There's a present reality to these blessings that we can take solace and comfort and strength by knowing Jesus' heart is perfectly revealed in these beatitudes. Whatever the world may say, God says you are blessed, you are loved, you have not been forgotten, and your fortunes, even if they're bad today, God is going to set things right, and it has happened now, Jesus says, through his coming into this world as the promised Messiah, as our Savior. Jesus is going to set things right. Jesus blesses us when we struggle, whatever struggle that may be. And one of the tempting things that we sometimes fall into is we compare our sufferings and our struggles with others. And we say, oh, someone else obviously has it worse, so I don't need anything. We all struggle. We all suffer. No matter what it is. And God's love and mercy and blessing are for all of us, and we need to hear it. But finally, Jesus offers a vision of, of God's heavenly promise. Go back to the story of Jesus and Mary and Martha. As they're talking they talk about eternal life and resurrection promise. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. I am the resurrection and the life. Through Jesus, we have the promise that even if our earthly life ends, our eternal life begins because of Jesus' death and resurrection. That is the basic foundational truth of the Christian faith. And I think we need to hear it again and again and again. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. For the saints who've gone ahead of us that we remember today, we celebrate that they have been received into the arms of a merciful and loving Savior. And for those of us who are continuing on our earthly journey, we find blessing and comfort and strength through Jesus' presence in our life. And we know that we will see our loved ones again. The book of Revelation is one of those books of the Bible that people really can struggle to understand, but every now and then there's a little 
snippet that's not about demons and beasts and crazy things, but actually gives us a vision of God's promise. And what we heard earlier in Revelation 7 is one of those visions. And as we read this again, I want you to think about Psalm 23, which is one of the most shared scriptures at a memorial or funeral service. People know it well, and it speaks directly to the heart of God's love for us. So let's take a look at this snippet. It says, for this reason. So this is a vision of heaven, and they're all gathered together, and they're singing together the praises to God, and they're at the throne of our Lord. For this reason, they are before the throne of God, and they worship Him day and night within His temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more. They will thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For this, for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and He will guide them to the springs of water of life, and God will wipe every tear away from their eyes. This heavenly vision is something for us, certainly to look forward to a time of worship, a time of peace, a time where there is no more crying or pain or mourning or loss, but simply communion with God and one another. So may we receive that promise and hold it in our hearts. Amen.